Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. All right, welcome in to Purple After Dark here, part of the Purple Daily umbrella of Daily Vikings Entertainment, or lately, Daily Vikings Therapy. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, the clean-shaven, 20 pounds down, thanks to our friends at Livia, Judd Zolgad, and our guy, Realistic Randy. Go find him on his own YouTube channel if you want his takes on things. One of the OG Vikings Ventline callers from back in the day. Uh, and, uh, boys, let me get this out of the way real quick here. If you guys are watching us, the audience, on a TCL TV, thank you for supporting us, TCL is uh, here just pumping football into your living rooms if you're anything like me on the weekends. And you can find the award-winning lineup of new TCL TVs, very affordable TCL TVs, uh, at any major local retailer. And so uh, before we get into this Dalvin Cook news that came out, how are you guys doing here? Randy, we'll get to the football games. I'm sure you got some takes off of uh, yet another just ridiculous loss by the Vikings that we'll get to. How are you doing tonight? Oh, not so bad. That's a letter Kenny reference for those that watch the show. It's pretty hilarious. But uh, on the football side of things, I'm just I'm dead inside. There's there's <laughs> nothing you can do to me anymore. I've been hurt enough by this team. Just get it over with. Just, yeah, don't even show light. There's an extra the game, Randy. There's an extra game this year. There's 17 of the yeah, there's there, what, nine, nine there's of these nine more. left. Nine more of these. Not even halfway. Not even halfway <laughs> poor, yet, man. Poor Randy. No, it, it's bad. My, It's funny because last week I talked to you guys about how I was contemplating going out to the week before last Sunday night's game against Dallas. Well, in that conversation with my wife, she suggested, well, hey, uh, the Vikings, they're going to be in our backyard. So they're going to play the 49ers in Santa Clara. Why not go see them? And I said, Hell no, because the traffic, above all else, the traffic in Silicon Valley absolutely sucks. But that aside, even if that wasn't a problem, it's like, why should I invest my time, energy, and money into this team when clearly they don't even care to invest in themselves? So, yeah. so we'll, we'll get to more just from a football perspective and where the Vikings are at here at 3-5. and five. But uh, a lot of you have probably seen... At least some or all of the news that's just been, it seems like every 30 minutes over the last like three hours, there's been a new layer to this Dalvin Cook story. Uh, and so if you guys are cool, then I'm just going to read from the Star Tribune's latest report here because I think they're doing a good job of just staying on top. They seem to have um, some inside information here. So I'm just going to go if you guys have any thoughts here. I mean, I think this is more about just updating on the news and having a take on this. But here's what the Star Tribune is reporting about Dalvin Cook. A former girlfriend of Vikings running back Dalvin Cook alleged Tuesday that he physically abused her, causing a concussion and holding her hostage in his Invergrove Heights home over a year ago, according to a Dakota County District Court lawsuit. Speaking from Italy, where she is a sergeant first class in the U.S. Army, Graceland Trimble, 29 years old, accused Dalvin Cook of, quote, giving me a concussion, leaving a scar on my face, and taking me through hell. And there are photos that the Star Tribune has published on uh, various platforms of Graceland Trimble with just bruises and cuts on her face. 
Her lawsuit accuses the 26-year-old cook of assault, battery, and false imprisonment. She's seeking unspecified monetary damages and accountability. Uh, The lawsuit was sent in late Tuesday. Before it was filed, Trimble and her lawyer held settlement discussions with Dalvin Cook and his attorney, David uh, Valentini, but no agreement was reached. Valentini, Dalvin's lawyer, responded to the lawsuit with his own statement saying that Trimble broke into Cook's house, assaulted him and two house guests, and is now trying to, quote, extort him for millions of dollars. Um, And later on in the statement, Dalvin Cook's representative essentially said, under Minnesota law, if someone breaks into your home, you have the right to defend yourself up to the point of if you if you if if you have to take the life of like he's stating the law, and so um, I don't know, Joe. What there's so much to unpack here. I don't know that we have all the information, and right. this is very much two different sides of a story. Probably as 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 different as you can get with two sides to a story here, Judd. So th- this goes back to October 2020, correct? Um, yes. I would say this. I agree w- with you, Phil. I, it's not. It's not a a, a take. Uh, it's not. A, it's not a story that that you have a take on. Like I would just. It, it sounds like right now, um, d- despite the fact that the pictures uh, of Dalvin's ex girlfriend, if that's the case, are disturbing pictures. It sounds like r- right now this is more of a civil case. It's not. It didn't go to the cops. It didn't go to the uh, to the county attorneys. So I would just say this as far as a non-football thing here. It's disturbing, probably from both sides, uh, but I have a feeling that that a a lot more is going to play out. Um, Courtney Cronin of ESPN reported tonight, uh, because Dalvin Cook ordinarily talks to the media on Wednesdays, that the plan is for him to be at the Vikings tomorrow to practice and to talk. My guess is he'll have no comment at that time, which is absolutely fine. Um, but yeah, I would, I would urge people until we know a lot more here to, uh, to probably take a step back, um, because it's probably a story that has plenty left to learn about. And, and again, uh, it's not a fresh story where there's an actual criminal case. And that's probably an important distinction here. Now, if that changes, and I guess it could, but right now, it's a developing story that sounds like uh, yeah. it, it has certainly been kept under wraps uh, for quite some time. The Vikings, the Vikings put out a statement as well, which sort of alludes to the fact that they've known a little bit about this uh, for the past few days, I guess. But uh, yeah, there is a lot to be learned here that we still don't know. And real quick, before I throw it to Randy here, based on all of the reports and information and the statements that have come out in the last three or four hours... Both sides are acknowledging that there was physical altercation to some extent, uh, to a great extent, I would say, just reading through a lot of this. So it's it's bo- both sides are acknowledging how aggressively this escalated. And I think where the disagreement is, is who initiated it, who is at fault for what, and those things are going to play out here. So... Uh, Randy, when you saw this coming down, what, what were your first thoughts? My head hurts keep trying to keep up with these developments because it started with Dalvin Cook's lawyer releasing the statement on what allegedly happened. Then you saw the accuser's accounts of what happened. And I said, okay, this is the biggest example of he said, she said. Then the photos came out and I said, oh, that looks pretty bad. And now there's an alleged video out there doesn't show Dalvin Cook's face or the accuser's face. I mean, it sounds like Dalvin Cook, but it would be irresponsible for me to say, oh, yeah, that's definitely what happened. I don't know what to believe. Thankfully, I'm not in that position to make that decision. But you're right, Judd. I'm with you. I I don't have a take on this. I need more information to come out before I give an opinion from there. Yeah. Um, And just, I mean, just to look at the whole season, whether it's this, I mean, this is just the Vikings from a football standpoint or two games under 500 as we hit the halfway point of the season. Uh, now they're dealing they're They've dealt with COVID issues. Now they're dealing with this Dalvin cook legal issue or this lawsuit. So it, 
there are two or three other seasons that come to mind just in the last couple decades where it's just like one thing after another. The Adrian Peterson situation where he was put on uh, the exempt list for 15 weeks or just I mean, it's just it's been one thing after another, Judd. Yeah, and I, I think that this is starting to feel a little bit like 2016 when I think the Vikings started, what, 5-0? and Is that correct? And then hit the bye week, and things were, were great. And then they lost uh, in Philly, and Mike came out and basically ripped the offensive line and called them soft, which is not the smartest thing. Uh, and then that that season went sideways. Now, now, in my opinion, personally, nothing compares to – 2010 because that was the most outrageous off the charts uh out, out of control year but yeah i mean this happens occasionally to teams and um you had a feeling i will say this guys going back to training camp when the whole uh covid vaccine controversy came up and we found out a lot of guys on th- this team weren't vaxxed and i i think at one point the statistic was that, that the vikings were the least vaxxed team among players in the entire league and you know mike was frustrated and i can see why and players were b- basically saying i'm not going to get vaxxed uh so yeah it's it's starting to feel like 16 as far as just things going out of control now the difference is this 2016 was a really bad look and was tough, but I never really felt Mike might get fired. This one feels this one feels more out of control as far as I think Mike is gone. And I think I think he's going to last the season, but I'm pretty sure that that as soon as we get to the end of the season, he's gone. And now I, I guess the question becomes accountability in the entire building for Rick Spielman for people, you know, the executive staff. Obviously, if Mike is fired, the coaching staff is gone. But it does feel like there are definitely going to be repercussions this time. And in 2016, things had to be cleaned up a bit, but there weren't really true repercussions. Randy, you've already said that you are dead inside. But as you you survey this thing, the Vikings had a week of self-scouting going into the bye, and then they had two weeks, a bye week, and then they come out and they perform like they did against Dallas, and then uh, they blow that lead against Baltimore. What is sort of your your state of the Vikings right now? Well, I guess to piggyback off of Judd's point, comparing this year to 2016, there was also the buildup. Like, I know that Teddy Bridgewater, his leg blew up, and that was terrible, but when Sam Bradford came in, I mean, they still started 5-0 and that season. Yeah. And Jake Long replace Matt Khalil if I'm not mistaken Jake Long started off pretty shaky but he actually started to get better as the games went on and then he got hurt you ended up finishing eight and eight well contrast or compare that to the buildup of this offseason you go all in on the defense all the players that you signed Patrick Peterson oh my god you brought back Mackenzie Alexander Bashad Breeland Xavier Woods this is going to be great Michael Pierce he's coming back you signed Dalvin Tomlinson this is going to be amazing. And it's just one thing after another. The reason why I'm dead inside is because like a fool, I continue to do this every off season, even though I've seen this song and this movie on loop for at least, at least four years, because this all started the second half of the divisional round of the 2017 season against the Saints. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the Vikings, they were up 17-0. They blew that lead. And that's when, ever since that moment up until now, it's like, all right, this team, they can beat up against Detroit and Carolina and these terrible teams out here. But when it comes to going up against real teams, the Vikings, they can't hang. No, No team worth a damn is going to take the Vikings seriously. So now we're seeing that this time around again against Baltimore, a good team, against Dallas, against a backup quarterback? Are you kidding me? There was a time when I would just get on my YouTube channel and this is outrageous, and I would call into your guy's show. Oh, my God, this is ridiculous. People need to be fired, but it's just I'm dead inside. The spirit is gone. (laughs) This team has beat the spirit out of me. Yeah, he'll do that. Dude, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it just, it just feels like you, and Judd has, Judd said it, even going into last week, that it's just we've reached the end of this era. It doesn't mean that it has to be a full like five year rebuild. I think there's there's plenty of cases to be made that this roster can compete 
on some level in 2022, but it just has that inevitability or that uh, inevitable feel, I guess, to it that we've okay, we've we've reached the end of this ride. However, it manifests. They might beat the Chargers. I wouldn't be shocked, but like um, they should have beat the Ravens last week. And I think I'm just sort of excited and ready to turn my attention to the next thing, whether it's the next coach or the next GM or the next quarterback or offensive coordinator. Like nothing has happened yet, and I'm just ready for whatever the first move is, and I'm ready for the first shoe to drop, Judd. I think the challenge now is this, and and we don't often, uh, since the Wills bought the team in 2005, we haven't often gone to this place, but I think we're there now. We need the owners of this team to take control. Um, ordinarily, you know what? I appreciate them. They they hire uh, Spielman and say, Rick, you know what? You're the football guy. You run the football. We'll, we'll get you the stadium, uh, the practice facility, but, but we know what we don't know. And ordinarily, in circumstances, the majority of the time, I appreciate that. But this is one this is probably the second or third time since they bought the team that I really feel like they have to take the wheel. They have to take control. Um because this thing now feels like it's it has no guide to it. Like like the car, the steering wheel doesn't work right now and somebody's got to grab the damn thing and fix it on the fly. And I don't trust Rick. I don't trust Mike. I don't trust the majority of the people who are running the football ops department right now to do, do that. And I know, I know them. There's some good people there, but this thing feels like it's rudderless to me, um, which is not a Vikings feel. I get a lot. Like I get it sometimes, but I don't, but, no. but you know, Phil to, to go back to what we've discussed a thousand times before, it's a pretty well-run team ordinarily, yeah. but this, but but this is now a time where I think you have to look long and hard, not just Ed Zimmer, but everybody you employ in football operations, and sort through it. And if you come to the conclusion, we we need changes. I don't care how much you like Spielman. I don't care if Bill Parcells might never talk to you again because you fired his guy Zim. This is a this is a fork in the road as far as the Vikings go and Phil just quickly to your point too, you're excited if they do the right thing, but we are at the fork in the road where if they do the wrong thing, this could be a problem. So, so I'm with you. I'm eager to see what they're going to do, but the more important word is anxious because I'm not sure they're going to do the right thing. And if they don't, this could become a real problem. Randy, what's the right thing? What is the when, when Judd says you know, they got to do the right thing? What does what does the right thing mean to you? You need to blow up the coaching staff and the front office minus Rob Brzezinski. How many more examples do you need to realize this is a train wreck? Going from the personnel, Ezra Cleveland, the last three years, going back to his final year at Boise State, he played three different positions now: left tackle in college, right guard last year, left guard this year. He's been a disaster. You drafted Wyatt Davis in the third round, only for him to be behind Ole Udo yep. and Blake Brandle. Yeah. You also drafted Kellen Mond in the third round, only for him to be inactive and to go or hell or high water. Let's go after Sean Mannion. It makes no sense. Why should we trust that this team can develop a young quarterback? And then Justin Jefferson. Listen, man, the last two weeks, Justin Jefferson has been targeted nine times combined okay going back to the stefan diggs situation you failed stefan diggs he made it clear i could not stay with this team any longer all they want to do is run the ball this was not a good situation this was not what was best for me in terms of my career and that's okay just because you failed stefan diggs doesn't make the minnesota vikings a failure as long as you learn from those mistakes and say, okay, if we're in this same situation again, I know what to do next time. Justin Jefferson, nine targets the last two games. What you did in failing Stefan Diggs, you're doing the exact same thing right now with Justin Jefferson. It's only a matter of time before he forces his way uh, out of Minnesota via trade. What more is there to see? So if you go the rest of the season and keep everything intact, whatever, I, I, 
I just don't care anymore whether the Vikings win the following week or lose the following week. This team, they're not going to compete for anything. They're not going to contend. They're going to finish probably around eight and nine or nine and eight. That's just mm-hmm. who this team has always been. Yeah. But if you go into next season, 22, with this same regime, uh, all right, man, you, you guys clearly don't care. Yeah. And I kind of, I'd love to know what the Wolves think. They don't, they're not like Jerry Jones where they're just, they're jumping on talk radio every Monday. They're talking to reporters in a scrum. Like they don't talk a lot. And I like that. I don't think they should be frontal. I think they should be, you know, they, they can be fans and they can be passionate, but um, I'm, I'm glad that they aren't like Jerry Jones, but I would be really curious to know where are they at with this? Are they, are they delusionally thinking that, well, you can like, let's, Let's just see what happens if we can get into the playoffs. And then, like, because that's how I feel like they operate as owners that they're passionate, they're willing to make big splashes. They green light things like Brett Favre and the Jared Allen trade and the Kirk Cousins signing and all these things. But in the end, I don't know if they have Super Bowl on their mind. I, th- I almost feel like they're like. They're making decisions like you would as a fantasy football owner that is like just trying to get to the playoffs or something. Like I don't know that they have a plan in place to win a Super Bowl. Because if they did, I don't think you would be I don't think the organization would be structured this way. I don't think Mike Zimmer would still be the head coach in year eight. Um so I just like I don't question the I don't question the Wilfs in the way that I question Glenn Taylor or Jim Polad, but I do question how bad do they actually want to win a championship by the way that they have sort of run this thing really the, like much of the last 10 years. Part of the problem is I don't think, and this is the bad thing, what, 16 years in? I don't know that they have an idea, Phil, of how to get to where you're talking about. That's the problem. Like, I do think they, they definitely want to win, uh, but they they hired, so in 2005, the franchise was a mess. And the smartest thing that they did then was was they basically gave everybody a, a year, right? And, and they immediately fired Tice at the end of that season. Uh, they brought in Childress and Fran Foley, and Foley basically lied on uh, on his job application, and so he was fired. And they brought in Rick with Brad, and then and Rick has now he has been promoted, but he has been here since. Uh, Brad was insubordinate. That got Brad fired and then they promoted rick who essentially fired frazier so the wilfs what i'm talking about what the wilfs need to do here they've never really done and my question is who are they consulting with now like who are they if they don't trust themselves completely uh because if you consult with rick rick's going to say well you know what we we have to fire mike and we're keeping me right um so the question becomes if they're going to get to where we're all talking about, which is, you know, potentially cleaning house or most of the house, who are they consulting with to get that plan to say, Rick, you're gone. And we're, and, and because if you get the right GM who can hire the right coach and that tandem can land the right QB. Now we're talking, now we're cooking. Uh, But that's the fear I have is I don't know that they know how to get there. And that's the conundrum, and that's where, again, if they take the wrong turn here, gents, you're in some trouble. Like, this is a key moment in this franchise, and I would make a case that this is going to be the most important um, the most important time period coming up here since they bought the team as far as trying to remain consistent and go up to that potential Super Bowl type of team or going down because you don't know what you're doing and you don't know who to go to to help you. They are billionaires. They have endless resources. If you need to hire a consulting firm, you do it. Here's what we do know. Two playoff wins in eight years. Okay, this team is soft. This team in 2021, actually going back, like I mentioned, the second half of the 2017 divisional round, since that time up until now, the Minnesota Vikings have largely been a monumental waste of time because going up against the sub-500 teams, the way that this team plays and the way that they coach their players, it's just, okay, we're going to play super scared, but we're ultimately going to leave the opportunity to win up to chance. Well, that w- that works up against terrible teams. When you go up against good teams with good coaches, 
sometimes you can get lucky, like in the Minneapolis Miracle, a lightning in a bottle play. But nine times out of ten, good coaching in those situations will, will almost always prevail. And that's what happened. I don't care about the unknown. Oh, my God, if we fire everyone, what if we're worse off than what we are right now? We know what we are right now, and that's nobody. No team worth the damn is going to take the Minnesota Vikings seriously. It's not on the players. It's the coaching staff and the front office. Since the Wilfs took over as owners, and uh, Minnesota Mohawk here in the YouTube comment section has part of this statistic, but I'll, I'll list this one first. Six playoff appearances in 16 years, which, I mean, like obviously there's teams that don't go to the playoffs ever, like the Lions and the Jets. And, and so, like, I, I feel like... A lot of fans see that number and think, okay, well, yeah, but like there's worse teams as opposed to thinking, okay, what, like who are the three best franchises and teams that are going to the playoffs all the time? How do they do it, right? Well, go get a great quarterback. Don't lock into a good, not great quarterback for great money. Uh, the average number of wins per season since the Wilfs took over in 2005 as owners, eight and a half. Just again, middle of yeah. the road, right? It's not fun. a train wreck. You're not the Lions. You're not the Browns before last year, which mm-hmm. is great. But you're certainly not the Patriots, the Steelers, the Packers, even in your own division. And like Randy said, only only two playoff, well, three playoff wins since the Wilfs took over because they won a game against Dallas in 2009 and then the two Saints games here more recently. And so it's that's that, I think that's what makes it so hard for people is that like you're guarding a you look at that and you say okay well like yeah the Vikings have it better than a lot of other franchises and boy how terrible would it be if you went into a 10 year funk like some of these other train wrecks and you have to wear a bag on your head just to walk into US Bank Stadium because you're embarrassed right I don't fear that I don't care about that I don't think that's going to happen what in Vikings history through all the different quarterback changes and they've had different people running the front office and they've had different coaches like they are. You can count on one hand in sixty years how many train wreck seasons they've had. Right, like the Browns had a train wreck twenty years, <laughs> and the Vikings have had like five train wreck seasons ever. And so, whether you're the owners or whether you're the fans, stop being so afraid of the worst possible case scenario. I got into an argument today on Twitter, which is shocking. I know, <laughs> with someone. You know, so I made. You know, I. I retweeted something like a piece of film where Kirk Cousins takes the check down instead of throwing a riskier pass down the field, which is oh, yeah. his entire career. That's why his completion percentage is so high. And people say, well, what do you want? I mean, you want to go back to Christian Ponder? And I say, damn, is that what you think? Is that what you think? Like, that the options for the Vikings at quarterback are this pretty good quarterback that might be top 12 on a good day that makes top three money. Like, we need to cling to that because if we don't cling to that, the only other option is Christian Ponder. Like, who hurt you? I know the Vikings did. But, like, that's those aren't the only two options. Well, you can't just expect to get a Patrick Mahomes. Why not? You got to take a shot at some point, right? You, you, the, the Bills found Josh Allen. The Chargers found Justin Herbert. Like, there are guys out there available to be had that can change your franchise. And it's like... It's like the Vikings and fans don't think that they deserve great things. And so cling to good and average to avoid being a train wreck instead of reaching for greatness. And that's what bothers me most. The problem is that the Wilfs share um, a similar issue to the fan base here, which is nobody here knows how to achieve greatness. And that's true of our teams. That's true of the majority of people who own our teams. And that is definitely true of a, I think it's fair to call it, beleaguered fan base, which which to Randy's point is a lot of folks, I think, reflect what he said, which is, I'm just dead inside. Don't get ponder again. Like, that's, that's the feeling. And so that's my very point about, I think it's time to blow things up but i also think it's a realistic expectation to say and then go do the right thing do your due diligence take your shot like um if you look at at you know the teams that have hit on the young coaches who work the executives 
who work. They're not recycled guys now. Like, it's not like you go get, oh, I got Bill Parcells. You just wait till he arrives, right? It's young guys who are, are cultivated. And, and these teams probably do a ton of due diligence in finding them. And that's my point. Find greatness. Achieve greatness by finding it. Um, but everybody, including the Wilfs, are so afraid. And that's why, I mean, they get, pardon my explanation here, but Rick Spielman, to me, bamboozles people better than anybody. I got 15 draft picks. Ziggy and Mark, I got fi- oh, 15 draft picks. Let's talk about all the draft picks. It's literally, he's spinning plates, and you're like, well, what plate should I look at? This is unbelievable. Look at all what the plate? trades I yeah. won. Look, look at all the all, value yeah. I accumulated. Look, you know, yeah. and, lo- and look at the picks that worked. First of all, you're going to luck into picks when, when you have 12 to 15, like somebody's going to hit. Second of all, I, I think that that blinds us to the reality of the conversation, which is, okay, Rick, that's great, but Wyatt Davis, why can't he play? I mean, Zimmer was flat out asked, I believe it was on Monday, did you consider bringing the third-round pick in and not Blake Brandle? And he essentially said he's not prepared to play. Why not? He's a third-round pick. He's a lineman. He should be prepared to play. So I w- – we get we get so bamboozled by a guy like Rick who is spinning the plates and causing us to look at those plates. And then we're not and what we're never doing is breaking down of what are you really doing here? Like, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. Um, and right now, this is why I'm just very comfortable saying this whole thing to me is at the end. And and if I guess I if I've got a tipping point personally and I blame this guy, too, but it's it's my ultimate tipping point. The decision to go in an all-in year with Clint Kubiak as your OC is malpractice of the first class. That, to me, if I'm the Wilfs, I call people tonight and say, you're fired. I can't do this. Look at what you did. I mean, this offense, with all of its tentacles and potential, and this team, and you give this kid the play calling for a, a head coach who, by the way, in my opinion, does not know much about offense, that to me, that's it. I'm done. And, and on the Wyatt Davis thing, staying on the offensive line, I guarantee you, as well as Mason Cole played last week, once Garrett Bradbury is healthy enough, they're going to start him again, even though he's been a disaster. It's the complacency. I've been angry with this team plenty. I've been following this team for, I want to say, just over 21 years. I've been furious. I've been mad, cursing, all this other stuff. Oh, my God. This is the first time I'm legit over it. Like I don't care what you do until you come up with a new regime. And I only can imagine that other fans feel that way because why should I go watch the Vikings play the 49ers in Santa Clara? Why should I wake up, put my jersey on, drive down to Bowers Avenue and say, okay, I'll tailgate, I'll pay what is it? $2,200 for a can of beer. You got to damn near take out a second mortgage for a hot dog. And I get it's Levi stadium, but with the NFL's shared revenue system by association, I'm also supporting the Vikings. Why should I invest my time, energy and money into this team when they clearly don't care? And even if you don't care about the fans, the players Adam Thielen's agent, he spoke out what a week ago. You got to imagine he's feeling the same way. He's feeling what his client is feeling. It's only a matter of time. Okay, fine. We don't care about the fans. You're going to piss these players off. What When Justin Jefferson, when he requests a trade out of Minnesota, what are you going to say then? Oh, <laughs> another one got away. Stephon Diggs, Justin Jefferson. What are those guys' problems? You're going to keep doing this? This is pathetic. This is downright pathetic to where I don't even care enough to be mad anymore because you've been an embarrassment to yourselves. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's it's so it, it's frustrating. I see a lot of, a lot of fans are saying that uh, that Randy you know speaks for us all with his sort of dejected, dead inside uh, comments tonight. Judd, real quick, you know what can help you if you're dead inside is a can of Surly Furious. All right, oh. I mean that'll that'll brighten your day or night right up here. Hold on a second. If you're a Viking fan, one can won't do you. You know what you need? Ten cans. You need oh. the whole pack. You need the whole pack. All of the cans. Sir, now, now, and and by the way, there, it's the perfect beer of the Vikings fan for 2021. You know why? Surly furious because you're furious, and now you're just like whatever. Give me the whole damn box. You're exactly right, Phil. Surly, surly brewing 
supporting uh, Purple Daily. We certainly appreciate it. Pick up a Surly Furious, and perhaps they'll take the edge off when you're uh, trying to get through the Chargers-Vikings tilt on Sunday. Real quick here, just kind of looking ahead, I'm, I'm getting way out in front here into 2022, and I know that some or all of these contracts can be restructured, but right now in terms of where the Vikings have the largest chunks of their salary cap allocated, the top six highest paid players, Kirk Cousins, who is a good, not great quarterback, has the third highest cap hit in the NFL for next year. So you either have to, he either has to play on a $45 million cap hit, or you can say goodbye to him and save 35, uh, or you can find a way to restructure. But, but the number one highest paid player is a non-top 10 quarterback. Daniil Hunter, and that was kind of bad luck. Again, he gets hurt. You know, He's got a $26 million cap hit. They might have to find that fork in the road and see what happens. I love me some Adam Thielen. He's the third highest paid player. He ain't getting any younger. He's no longer your number one wide receiver. Harrison Smith, he's like a 32-year-old safety. And he's one of the five highest paid players on the team. Yep. And then you get to Dalvin Cook. That money goes way up again next year. Boy, a lot of wear and tear on Dalvin Cook. I don't love the way that they are constructing their roster in terms of who they're paying and the positions they're playing. The paying, it's like, the, notice how I said uh, no offensive linemen in that group. You got to go all the way down to Brian O'Neill. It's like they never leave themselves room to go out and get or overpay even the Joe Tooney or. Uh, is it Corey Lindsley, the center that they're going to face against the Chargers that was with the Packers? Like, why are you paying a safety so much money? Why are you paying a non-top-10 quarterback so much money? Why are you paying a running back, again, so much money? It's like, yeah. what do we, what do we, it goes back to the plan that Jeb was talking about. What, do we, what is the plan here? What are you doing? Are you just flying by the seat of your pants with every single contract that you hand out now? And this is why I want Rick and Mike both gone. I want a fresh set of eyes to determine everybody and, and, if you bring in new people, guess what? They ain't going to say, Harrison Smith's been here a long time. He's done a lot. We can't let him go. They're going to say, Harrison Smith's an aging safety, and we can replace him for cheap. We can get um, a fourth-round pick for him. Right? Well, and yeah, but Cam Bynum looked pretty good. Let's but see like, what I want, here. from Cousins on down, I want everybody looked at with a fresh set of eyes and a new philosophy and the only way we are going to get that is if the gm and coach are both gone uh and i think it's extremely important because the tipping point for for this entire thing is you've got a lot of guys who are well liked and i don't want you keeping guys because they are well liked i want you keeping guys because they're going to contribute and they're going to earn what they're set to be paid and the list that Phil just went down, I think, is a lot of guys who probably deserve to be traded or flat out let go. I want a no-holds-bar approach with this yeah. team because I don't trust Rick Spielman. Even if you fire Mike Zimmer, I don't trust Spielman to hire a coach that is going to do this team any good. He may just go the opposite of Zimmer and say, okay, Zimmer, he's been rough around the edges and he's put up so much resistance. I want a yes man this time. You need to blow the whole thing up. I think we are at the point now. We understand that with Zimmer and Spielman, they have the guys that they like, and they are going to keep them for as long as they can. It's gone on forever. Even with Anthony Barr, the great play he made in overtime, the interception, it was fantastic. That was the first big play he's made in like five years. But because he's Anthony Barr and we don't understand, we're laymen, we don't understand the value of Anthony Barr, we're going to keep him forever gut the whole thing i don't care as far as i'm concerned the future of this team player wise that you keep forever justin jefferson brian o'neill christian derisaw eric kendricks i would say as long as you can i think he still has something left in the tank and after that that's where it kind of daniel hunter i'd like to keep him i think it was a little bit of bad luck for him maybe it gives the vikings leverage to say okay let's renegotiate this thing where are you realistically going to go, you know, coming off of a season where you missed the majority of the games? But that's about it. Everybody else, I mean, we can do away with. Yeah. Somebody, I saw somebody ask, too, just on the back to the roster construction and where you spend your money about Joe Tooney because he's been the name that we brought up all throughout 
yeah. the, the free agency period and so on. So, well, you know, Kansas City's offense isn't that good this season, so how is he actually stacking up? How about this? According to Pro Football Focus, I know Kansas City's offense has been kind of a train wreck, but relatively speaking, um, Joe Tooney is the number one pass protection guard in the NFL. I think he also played with a broken hand at, at one point, which is a football-y football guard thing to do. Yeah, yeah it is. And, and so, again, this, is, this isn't hindsight because this is what a lot of people were saying back in March during free agency. Okay, you've carved out some money to spend. And, you know, and free agency is also a crapshoot in that if Joe Tooney has a chance to play for a team that won the world championship two years ago or the Vikings, he might just not want to play for the Vikings. So it's a two-way street. But they never gave themselves a chance because they decided, A, that uh, – they weren't going to, or or that Kirk wasn't going to restructure that fat contract again. And B, when they did have cap space, they, Mike Zimmer, decided all of it is going to be dedicated to defense. That we need three starting caliber defensive tackles, you know, including yeah. Michael Pierce, who they signed the previous year. That they need another, they need two more cornerbacks. The drafting a bunch of cornerbacks wasn't enough. Now we got to throw those guys off to the side and sign some cornerbacks, right? It's like, would this you think about it? Would this team, if Joe Tooney was the starting, let's say, left guard, and then you know whoever your best option would be, whether it's Ezra Cleveland back at right guard or Oli Udo, um, and maybe you took uh, Dalvin Tomlinson out of the mix, would your defense be that much worse? Would Kirk Cousins feel much much more protected? And would and that, your like would your offense be more explosive? Like I'm curious to see what that would look like. To me though, that was the most important thing. Was was it? Yet yes, the secondary free agent additions on defense like Pat P were fine, but when these guys didn't look at, at this roster and say, "Okay, Mike, I got bad news here." Zim, sit down and listen closely. This thing's going to have to be built around offense. Like we have offense Um, and and we're only going to improve. And and I I believe they were 11th in scoring offense in 2020. The only way that we're going to get into the top 10 probably is to provide uh, Kirk with as good a protection as possible, which probably means, which probably means a good guard and probably Bradbury gone or certainly not starting, right? And instead, Mike was just like, oh, no, let me reset this defense. You don't get it. And and we talked about this, Phil, in the summertime. Like, to have a defense that Mike aspires to have takes so much going right because it can't be just one guy. It's not like Daniil Hunter's incredible, and therefore we are a top 5D. It's got to be everything. And if you had provided Kirk with the protection that he needs, which, by the way, is a ton. I get that. But if you had given him that protection and now you've got Jefferson and Thielen and that entire list of skilled position guys, you are giving yourself a chance to win. But the other thing that you did too then was you turned around and said, who should be the OC? Let's give it to Gary's kid because yeah. the transition will be simpler. And you screwed that up. So that that's what I'm saying. All the decisions that were made in the spring and summer are why I, I would fire people as much as the decisions and things that have gone on since the season started. Hey, real quick, this comment on the screen here on the Purple Daily YouTube page from School for uh, Spartus. And I haven't heard this, but I'll take his word for it. If you want Zim and Rick both gone, it makes you a part of the, quote, age of rage and cancel culture mob, according to a certain radio host. What do you guys what do you guys think? Are you, Randy, is it is ahead. it an overreaction? Are you are we part of the cancel culture mob if you want those guys? Or is that just gone? a way to defend the ineptitude of this organization? What are we supposed to do right now? Am I supposed to sit here and shake my ass for this team when all they do is disappoint year after year? How about the fact that. This team, this coaching staff, this front office, all they do is waste draft picks. All they do is focus on veteran players. On offense, Ezra Cleveland right now looks like a waste of a second-round pick. Wyatt Davis, Kellen Moore, or Kellen Mond, excuse me, waste of third-round picks. Even on defense, Cam Dantzler last year, right? He started, and then if he, yeah. if it weren't for Patrick Peterson being out with an injury, Cam Dantzler, he would still be taking a back seat. What am I supposed to sit here and do? Everything's fine. It's okay. We shouldn't want any change. That's the problem with this organization. They don't care. They only want to be 
okay, let's just not be the worst team in the league. You're never going to win anything like that. So anybody that has a problem with me calling out this coach or the general manager, you feel free to watch something else. Don't worry about us. Keep kissing the ass of this team nonstop. Have fun. Okay, can I say something quickly? Because the two phrases that drive me crazy, cancel culture and fake news, all right? Cancel culture, to explain it, and I don't don't know exactly who the, the host we're talking about is. I've got some ideas. Cancel culture. I think I, think I do. <laughs> cancel culture means that I think Rick Spielman and Zimmer should never work again. It means that they have offended society to the point of I think that they should basically be taken out of their jobs and given no new jobs. Cancel culture is not calling for a change in a sports team. So what we're saying is an age of rage. You want rage. I got rage, but not not about this. Uh, But this is not cancel culture. This is two guys who have run out of room on the roller coaster. And now the ride's done and they can get get off and they can get other jobs. Mm -hmm. Zimmer can be a, a DC again. Now, I'm not so sure he's as good as we think, because I think the game is I think the offenses of 2000. 21 are passing him by a bit but that being said he can get a job as a dc i'm cool with that if he can get another head coaching job this is not cancel culture this is recognizing the inevitable end of something and we are probably sadly late to the party if i had been more uh, ahead of the curve myself 2019 after they got whooped by San Fran was probably a good time to be like, we should keep Stefanski and George Payton. And they didn't. And I didn't say that at the time. So I missed the boat there, but yeah, this is the end of the ride. That is a long way from cancel culture. Yeah. Anybody that accuses us of cancel culture for this team is doing a better job defending this team than this team does defending itself at us bank stadium. <laughs> yeah, Love yeah. It. That's a good way to good way to put it, um, boys. This has been this has been another week of therapy. Two straight weeks of just therapy sessions. We got write that down predictions tomorrow and an accountability session. Uh, Randy, all right, your final thoughts. You get the final word here tonight on Purple After Dark. Yeah. So what? Eventually, we're going to talk about oh ways the Vikings can beat the Chargers. Let's break this thing down. <laughs> I don't care. It's, I, I know I it sucks. It this, sucks. This team Probably is finished. Not. They are done. They are done for. It, it, it's over. They're going to finish eight and nine or nine and eight. And maybe, you know what's going to happen? Here's what I know what's going to happen. If they somehow make it as the seventh seed in the NFC, oh, we made the playoffs. Let's build off of that into 22. And we're going to keep this thing going and going. And Justin Jefferson, this offseason, will request a trade. Don't you guys sort of right now, now though, as as annoying as this whole season has been, feel a piece though? See, because I feel like it's done. So, so I would be upset if I thought, oh my god, they're going to make the playoffs and they're going to keep these guys. I I feel sort of a piece here of seeing it naturally fall apart, um, as opposed to, oh my god, this is going to go go on in yeah. two thousand. 22 so i'm actually starting to feel more and more at ease with the results that i think are going to take place yeah i think and and also i'm going to tie what you just said back in with the the radio host comment about cancel culture and i can't remember what the other age of rage age of rage yeah um don't let people make you feel like a bad fan because you want your team to win a championship there is in fact I think you're being a bad fan if you don't hold your favorite teams accountable to a high level. Now, do you need to call for heads all the time after something bad happens every single time? No. Okay, let's not go crazy, but it's not like Mike Zimmer walked in the door and he coached six games and then people call like, Mike Zimmer's been given almost a decade. It's been a pretty good run. And I think Mike Zimmer... Once all the dust settles, like he's gonna be remembered as a as a pretty darn good Vikings head coach. There are some some fun pop up moments. Probably he's not gonna have a poster in Randy's office. <laughs> no. He's the most uh, overrated coach in the history of this league outside of Marvin Lewis, but 
That's fine. But but you're not you're not a bad fan if you want your team to win big and win a championship. Don't be made to feel guilty because you think that certain aspects of the Vikings obviously aren't performing to the level that you want and you hope. And and I just, that that pisses me off when when it's sort of like your loyalty if you're the Vikings and your loyalty quite frankly if you're in the media and you have a microphone is not to the ownership it's not to friends in the front office your loyalty is to the fans you want the team to deliver at the highest level so that the fans can be happy right and and so like you should you should really like if you if you have a microphone in front of you or you have a youtube channel or whatever it may be like you should be sort of a purveyor of truth and you should be like you should be an arbiter of what's right and what's wrong and and you should be a compass for where the vikings should be going in my opinion yeah. not just blindly defending things because you have personal relationships right yeah. probably should have said all that but i just did well and so. the, but the problem too is once those people ultimately are fired then then we'll get the well i mean it's good that that they made this change so yeah don't don't buy the nonsense and how people feel about this team i really appreciate because they're passionate Mm -hmm. and they should be uh but yeah this is not acceptable now this is not and and i and the majority of, of us don't either have friends with the team or if we do the interest of the fans outweighs the friendship yeah and i would i'll just add this one last point too i think the reason why i feel like i have to lash out here is because it feels like oftentimes bullets get fired at us on purple daily and at score north for being negative like we wake up every morning and just strategize and rub our hands together how can we be negative this morning it's like and that's and that's why we, we we start every show by saying we want the vikings to win a super bowl before we die and on Mackie and Jeb, we say, we want championships in this town. Doesn't mean that we're always going to be negative for to, you know, to anything that doesn't equate to a championship. But like, we're gonna we're gonna raise the bar and and we're gonna talk about these teams with expectations that are high. And if and if if that makes us negative, okay, like then there's other places you can consume content. But that's the, that's where we come from here. Two playoff wins in eight years against the same team. One of them required the football guys to give this team a mulligan. Yes. The best year under this head coach ended in a 38-7 to blowout. That was yep. his best season, okay? The Minnesota Vikings for the last eight years have been a monumental waste of time, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, if some people want to throw a parade for that, that's on you. But facts are facts. It's over. It's done. Randy, appreciate you coming on here. Appreciate you emerging from uh, your dead insides and uh, spewing some truth and some knowledge here on this show. If you want more of Realistic Randy, you can just check out and subscribe to his YouTube channel. Just uh, search Realistic Randy on YouTube. And if you guys are also just sort of sick of the mediocrity, click the like button and the subscribe button on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. We'll give you daily Vikings entertainment and therapy in return, presented by Surly Brewing Company. All right, boys, good sesh here. Sleep tight. Prep, <laughs> prep yourself for a big game against the Chargers, big game against the Packers on what the horizon. Game? Let's what get game? it. I'm chilling. Pack- yeah, Packer, <laughs> Packers game could be intriguing. Feeling right. great. For Randy, for Judd, for Declan, we gave okay. Declan the night off here. Uh, I'm Phil Mackey. Thanks for hanging out with us on Purple After Dark, Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment.